most of us have no idea why. I mean, you know, we may have fought with them or whatever at some point, some of us. We may have fought with them, but we really have no idea why it happened. So a couple of other questions. Do you think, do you think your child just wanted to hurt you? Some of the stories I've heard, that's really what it sounds like. They just are mean and wanted to be ugly to their parents. Friends, and welcome to Mandatory Redistribution Party. I'm Jack Lewis Evans. And my name's Sean Morley. Today's episode is about clones. Would duplicating yourself provide companionship and extra help around the house, or would it sink your life into an existential nightmare? And how can these questions shed light? on plummeting birth rates. Thank you so much to all of you who support our work at patreon.com slash mandatory redistribution party, where you will find additional content if you so desire it. Thanks also to those of you who share episodes on social media. We greatly appreciate your contribution to spreading the Mando's word and look forward to one day ending up on our enemy's feed. Shall I press the button? What button? The big red button, the go button. It says clone on it. Mm, That's probably the name of the manufacturer. What have you done? Uh, I'm oh, really I, should, I shouldn't have done that. Yeah, this. my apologies. Sean, what, what, you do, what have you done that for? Oh, I, I thought it might undo uh, the I thought it was a toggle, one. like one on, um, one for I'm on, really one sorry for about this. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't not. know, just impulsive. Sean! Sure. Um, I'm really sure. sorry about this. What is the longest you'll let a drink sit? What's your cutoff? Depends on the drink. From? Depends on the drink. Because anything with milk in it is going to be bad faster yeah. than water. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even the non dairy milks i think I, I i treat them as i would authentic milk drinks it's hard not to yeah because yeah. you're getting i think when you have vegan milks you kind of mm. get into a form of kayfabe mm. you have to like you have to go along with it it's milk it's not <laughs> not nut juice or bean juice it's milk and that is the tesco on the shelf is is ushering you into a form of kayfabe someone tried to do an own on me and another person for drinking oat milk by saying but you know like most of it's water it's like yeah, most most of you is water. <laughs> yeah. Most You've of milk is water. Done, what? Yeah. <laughs> You've done a zinger against every drink on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> Everything should just be its co- dry, concentrated yeah. particles. Bet this guy's really fun at the beach. Yeah, yeah. he only eats <laughs> pot noodle, crunching it. Got to crunch it down, yeah. When he does a shit, he just pushes it through the U-bend with his hand. <laughs> <laughs> fucking stinks um, <laughs> so i will leave but a drink intellectually consistent <laughs> the unplumbed man um <laughs> that sounds like a 1960s sci-fi paperback <laughs> and then it's in the 80s they made it into a film with jeffrey combs yeah so i will leave a drink 
water. I've drank like flask water that's tasted like I shouldn't have drank it, but it's just water, right? Flask water, I guess, is a different thing, right? Because it mm. is it's hidden from the elements. Mm. I mean like an open top, left mm. out drink. Depends on the circumstances. I'll come back to yesterday's water. Oh, oh, I'll drink yesterday's water. Two days? I'd be getting a bit iffy. Mm. Like, and if it's mm. if it's warm weather or anything, that's out. Mm. That's gone. Mm. You don't know if a moth's been in it. Well, I could see if a moth's... Mm. Oh, you mean a moth has been in it and been then left in again? And left, yes. Was, yeah. Uh, yeah. If a moth has been moth in it and it's still it. there, yeah, yeah, I yeah. will discover that's that. That's a yeah. no. Yeah, yeah, that's a no. I will pick out a small fly, an aphid-sized oh, yeah. fly. Yeah, a little one, yeah. Anytime you've had a picnic, you have to learn to get over that kind of squeamishness. Mm. You have to eat a few bugs just to enjoy a picnic. Mm. I'll eat a butterfly. You'll eat a butterfly? Yeah. <laughs> will you, will you try and quickly do it? Will you try and get it? Like the way someone chases a fly around trying to slap it, will you chase the butterfly? No, I think it's good just to be indifferent to the bugs, right? Because right. if you're always trying to manage every little bug... Right. You can never know peace, right? Because life's yeah, full yeah, of bugs. Yeah. So you want to be like the rhino that just has all flies on its face and isn't arsed. But but in this case, it's like you're eating a butty, a butterfly lands on it, you're mid-conversation, and then you can go, okay, I'm I'm going to take a bite of this now. You don't behave in any other way. You're going to take a bite of that sandwich no matter what. And if there's a butterfly on it, it's going in. I would say my behaviour does modify slightly and that I move the butty mm. to my mouth a lot slower just to give the butterfly a chance. So you give him a chance. Okay, you give him a chance. But if it doesn't take the chance, I think... I don't want to be over-obliged here. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. I, I always feel burdened with responsibility yeah. in society. And here's one place I can shave things off and make things a bit easier for myself. Insects are not your concern. I can't be shooing away every book. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And I think too many people, they drive themselves ragged shooing away mm. every book. I'll mm. eat the butterfly. Yeah. That's self-care. <laughs> <laughs> not for the butterfly. I think at the rate I bring it to my mouth, it definitely wanted to die. And then the butterflies that are left, that's evolution then. Mm. You're helping. What, you mean I'm eugenics the butterfly? Because I think eugenics, this is a particularly stupid butterfly. butterfly. Yeah, yeah. No, don't, because that really casts it in a bad light. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing Darwinism. I'm trying to have a picnic. <laughs> what are we doing? If you mm. cloned yourself now, now, no two of you, yeah, now, right? would you get along with the clone? I have no idea. Just in your instinct, like in your heart, right? Do you think you two would be busy mates or something would be intolerable about spending time with your clone? It would freak me out. If we put the uh, eldritch horror of having a clone of oneself aside and just went on, well, if there was another person who was exactly me, there was an estimate and, and, and didn't worry about the what the fuck is going on aspects of it. Okay, here's how I'm going to deal with the what the fuck is aspect of going okay, on aspect. Yeah. So, so you're not just you're not just randomly replicating into two mm -hmm. things like an amoeba, mm -hmm. and rather than try to make friends with this uh, simulacrum of yourself, you're just more yeah. going, "What was that? What was that?" And that's panicking yeah, yeah. you, and so you yeah, can't that, really enjoy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, that would let's be my say, main thing. <laughs> let's say you've been slowly led into it by you meet a scientist or the scientist is just, <laughs> yeah. or someone you know, right from school, yeah. is like, I'm a, a mage. I'm a cloning scientist now. Can it be a mage? Keep, I'd be more comfortable if it was a mage. Why would you be more comfortable if it's a, wouldn't that offer a new what the fuck is going on, the existence of a mage? <laughs> but, but this whole thing is to give a plausible in-universe reason why it's happening, but now you want to bring in Dungeons and Dragons classes. Sufficiently advanced science appears as magic to those who don't understand it. Yes, and that would be us, so if it happened, we'd be like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> so you may as well split in two if we're doing a sage. A mage. Yeah, okay, a mage. So someone from school has said, mm. I'm a mage now, can yes. I clone you? It's for an experiment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they just keep offering you school? increments. 
like one of my mates or a PE teacher. Is there someone right in the middle of that spectrum? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Quite a hard thing to plot, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, hold on. There was this guy called Johnny who was like two years above. Uh-huh. He was well into PE, but he was also a student and he used to just sweep kick people in the corridors. So you see the spectrum as being close to you and a friend versus not close to you and enjoys physical education. <laughs> <laughs> Because I didn't know it was friend to PE. I thought it was friend to someone I don't know. Oh, right. Oh, right. Yeah, that's a different... I think a fair way to interpret. (laughs) Closer than a teacher, but still likes PE. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so Johnny contacts you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Facebook Messenger. That's how school friends talk. Yeah, yeah. I'm doing cloning. I'm a mage. Mm. I've done my masters. Mm-hmm. I want to clone you, and we've mm-hmm. got some research funding. And he just offers you a figure, mm. and if you don't like that figure, he'll just offer more until it's the right amount of money wow, to get you to okay. clone. Wow! And you've had a few months to think about, it and you're like, I do have some concerns, mm. but I can't say no to this kind of cash. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to mm. get cloned. Right? You go there. <laughs> I guess he casts a spell I go now to the Johnny's bungalow. <laughs> Uh, you go to you go to Swansea University. You stayed in Wales. <laughs> I'm trying to make it plausible. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Johnny wouldn't go. He wouldn't leave. <laughs> well, to him, Swansea's far, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. South Wales, yeah. How much do I get? I guess I've said it's the minimum that you would accept. So right. that's something, that's an answer that's only in your own heart. Yeah, I don't think I would clone myself. Surely there's a figure. Surely there's a figure. Surely. <laughs> I think we have to continue doing the exercise. I don't think I've ever thought about this before sufficiently. So I would only be able to know, I would only be able to reason out what the figure might be if I would be tempted, if I had thought about, or if I risk assessed the decision. This is all based on there is a figure. Mm. And more and more money can be thrown at you until you agree to be cloned. And there's financial benefits to the cloning as well, because I can split jobs up. I can pay. I would. As long as you're happy to let the clone live in your house, that's your, you know, the clone. Yes, you'd need to, Another job for the clone or yourself. I mean, the clone yeah, no, just, could do your job. Yeah, um, split the job. But basically, you can get twice as much done. You've only got two people to feed. It, it's you quite... also get twice as much not done. Yeah, you're right. Twice as much <laughs> loafing off. <laughs> <laughs> Would you? Mm. You're living in the same house. Would you get yeah. along harmoniously? Every instinct inside me is saying no. <laughs> Everyone I ask this question to says no. Everyone but says no. Let's let's interrogate that. Obviously. We live within ourselves and most people are conscious of what's bad about them. Mm. So they would imagine the clone making even clearer and making flesh the worst aspects of themselves. Because we, mm. uh, we, most people are, most people are more negative about themselves than positive. Most of my friends anyway. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and if you have any level of self-awareness, that's you're gonna you're gonna say no, and then also in any kind of social circumstance, you don't want to say you'd fucking love a clone yourself because then that that you know we're supposed to love ourselves and that's very difficult. But if you're actually like, yeah, I'm a legend, <laughs> I would rather hang out with another version of me. Then that's like kind of insane. So people, I think even 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 uh, tempted to say yeah would be like oh no because then they're gonna think. I'm a dick. These are very different, right? One is you yeah, genuinely are, yeah. wouldn't like it because uh-huh. viscerally you would be uh-huh. seen and known and you'll have a level of self-awareness that is so mind-obliteratingly high that your ego wouldn't be able to yeah. deal with it. And, and the other one is that you don't want to seem boastful. 
It would also be yeah. mutual. Well, whatever you're experiencing, I presume yeah, it's true of the clone. There's no reason to believe. Bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then the other the other thing you're saying is you just don't want to seem boastful or arrogant. Yeah, that's the other. And I'm, that's quite I'm different. Not, I'm trying to critically reflect on why I'm saying that, and I'm like, is that is that a factor? I think subconsciously it has to be. I think I think both are in play. Yeah, you're right. I think and both I, are in every, play. Everyone I've ever asked this to says the same thing: that to experience themselves echoed back to them or mirrored back to them in any kind of way would be such an existential weight upon their soul that it would crush them and they couldn't continue. Have you ever looked? into I think I can't I think it's called like a true mirror or something. It's a physical object that shows your reflection but not flipped, not mirrored. Oh. But yeah, and you know you get freaked out because you see yourself and it's not the you've only seen your mirror self which is kind of flipped. Mm-hmm. Um and th- I think there's an unnervingness to seeing yourself because you're used to the mirror version there's that level of unnervingness, but there's another unnervingness of seeing yourself. And I think that's elevated yeah. by the, I can't remember what it's actually called, the true mirror, whatever fucking thing it's called. Yeah. Um, that big time freak you out. True mirrors don't affect me. I'm perfectly symmetrical. <laughs> don't bother me. <laughs> I'm immune. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, well, it's just a mirror. People have to sit me down and explain. <laughs> <laughs> if you hold an object you always hold two so you're always symmetrical i've always got two yeah yeah what's the point if you're not dual wielding <laughs> yeah, just just two phones texting the same thing at the same time to, to the same other. person yeah, yeah everyone gets it in duplicate <laughs> <laughs> but me i'd get on with my clone fine i think i think we'd have a great time i'd love to live with my clone i'd probably end up kissing my own clone in the first hour I you think. reckon you fuck your clone i never said fuck but yeah well, I just followed it. <laughs> just I never said it. You, it's an elaborate wank, isn't it? You went there. I would say no. I that's that's the, the dream is because you're not you're not wanking, are you? You're having sex with another. How how soon before you are two different people? Is it immediate? And does the clone know that they're a clone? I think if you live in the same house, you'd remain the same person for years. You wouldn't have enough disparate experiences, and the more that you spend all your time together the more you are indistinguishable from each other. I don't know. I think you could be little tiny butterfly effects that would slowly transform slowly. each individual. Yeah. And eventually they'll be like, hey, do you want to watch this show? And they'll be like, I don't like this. And I'm like, what are you on about? I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That would be fucked. That's when the horror would sink in. Mm-hmm. The horror mm-hmm. of something becoming uncanny from absolute perfect replication, uh-huh. then slowly coming out of sync and being like, you're now not me. They go into the uncanny valley slowly. It's not the immediate glimpse of some bad CGI. Yeah. They enter, you sink into the uncanny valley. And you can't come back from it. You can't slowly become the same person because yeah, yeah, you've yeah. had then different experiences like, now. You, yeah, because then you're going to react to that. They're, they've said the thing and then it's then, then you're two different people. Yeah, uh, that's it. Who owns your stuff? Like who's, who's stuff? Who's, what are you doing with your toothbrushes? What are you doing with your No private property between clones. <laughs> no, obviously, that's obvious. <laughs> do, 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 I, do I tell my partner who the clone person is and i have to be like you're not in a relationship with them you're in a relationship with me or do they have to have the talk of are we in a relationship are we in a polycule a very strange polycule firstly i think you'd need to tell your partner before you get cloned that's yeah. just me i agree old, i agree on honest yeah, yeah. mall yeah 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 <laughs> um <laughs> i think that goes without saying um and then I guess you all, all three of you need to sit down and work out what would make you most comfortable. What about friends? Would you be comfortable hanging out with Clone Jack? Well, why are you assuming we'd know which one is the clone and that there'd be this conception of one real Jack and one clone? I, w- I wouldn't go as far as necessarily real. 
I just saw original. Why do you even assume the cloning process works that way? It could just split you, you know? It could just like, uh, we don't know who the real one is. I guess oh, wow. normally in a cloning process, yeah, you have to put something yeah, in a yeah, Petri yeah. dish yeah, and then grow it so it is external. Just, yeah, yeah. I don't see the value of conceiving of it that way. Mm. Unless one of you becomes like a big murderer and you're like, oh, the cloning process made you into a murderer. And we're like, the murder jack. We need to distinguish between murder jack and good jack. There's a fucked episode of Star Trek, the original series, where there is a transporter malfunction that splits Kirk in two. Mm-hmm. And it splits him into his like negative animalistic instincts of like okay. aggression and, and fear and then civilized, compassionate uh, reasoning. Very strange episode. But then the episode is solved by the civilized, compassionate one can only actually successfully captain a starship and lead and make executive decisions if he has the evil half of him united you cannot have good leadership qualities without aggression it's and fear fucked. It's <laughs> there's really fucked. weird implications to that oh my god don't it's one of them it's fucked because i was just thinking why don't the civilized one just kill the bad one but the civilized one can't kill the bad one it, it, it has no the, aggression it, it has the, all the stuff that would make it kill the bad ones in the bad one but then mm. interestingly there there is an ultimate there's an altercation between the two and the bad one can't properly bring itself to kill the good one because clones are naturally in love. It, well, they're not. <laughs> but it, no, they want to fuck. They, <laughs> it knows it needs it in some way. Do you think you could beat your clone in a fight? It would be like punching a mirror, right? It would be like, you know. Well, it wouldn't be a mirror because they'd be, if, if they, for some reason, their left-handed, right-handed flipped. It would be more like punching a webcam. What's the difference between a webcam and a right IC? Because, <laughs> oh, of course. So if I'm punching with my right hand and they're punching with my right hand, our two fists won't touch. Exactly. We will both yeah, yeah. land a successful punch. Exactly. You'll both punch each other. Mm. But I'm actually, because I'm left-handed, uh-huh. and left-handed people learn an ambidextrousness because you have to, because but that's for war, there are enough man. left-handed implements. That's for, that's for war, for medieval war. Is that for medieval? That's just for scissors. That's just for scissors in primary school when there's not Which enough. Which is a legacy of medieval war. <laughs> if you were at war and you were fighting... you. You're a left-handed person holding a sword, and they're a right-handed person holding a sword. It doesn't mm-hmm. all the all the sword whatever conventions of sword fighting. Left-handed people had to learn to fight. They may still write with their left hand, but they had to learn to fight right-handed with a sword and a pole arm or whatever in order to properly fit into the phalanx. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's not relevant. No, it is. I think there are shadows of that in how many types of different scissors there are in primary school. I think, you know... (laughs) No, I meant to clones. It's definitely relevant to the scissors. (laughs) Oh, yeah, gotcha. Well, I'm just saying, I think I'd throw a punch with my right, which I can't explain. Mm -hmm. I'm left-handed, but I've picked up. You pick up right-handedness. You perform right-handedness. But your clone would also do this. Your clone would also do this. But I'm saying my clone could switch. Okay. So there'd be this game in our heads of being like, I know Mm. your preference... But we mm. could both use both arms here. The other, Sean is thinking this as well. They're having the exact same thoughts. Yeah, so it comes back down to, would we, would our fists punch together or would we both punch each other in the head at the same time? Double knockout. So yeah, the problem is there is that yeah. if we were doing a fight to the death mm. and, our, and our actions were both not only completely mirrored but would both mm. land, we <laughs> would both die at the same time. Or live. 
Which are living at we the same time. We both live at the same time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we were already living at the same time. Presumably, that was the problem. Status quo, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was the issue that we had. Although possibly, if the fight's broken out, that is a symptom of you becoming so estranged and different from one another that you're two Sean's and that you retain the name Sean unless the, cl the clone or you wants to change your name to differentiate yourself. But you're slightly different people, so maybe you'll fight differently. The thing is, the arguments come out because we're both trying to change our name to good Sean. <laughs> And I'm not saying you're bad, Sean. Well, you are by putting good Sean well, in kind it. Of are, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, no, no, I just good your name at You're all. just Sean. There's no connotations <laughs> yeah. to that. But why are you calling yourself good yeah. Sean then? Both of us so, having the exact same it's argument. Got nothing to do with you. Even that argument, as you've laid it out, wouldn't be the one that we had because both of us have already put plans into motion to be the good Sean while convincing the other one to take the name Sean. You're at the office. You you walk into the wherever the. What is the place where you change your name? The way you change your name really is yeah. when all the institutions that bear your name that are like proper and legal, yeah, yeah, yeah. like the home office, mm. uh, the bank account, when all of those equity. change NHS, equity, my spotlight account, <laughs> <laughs> when they've all switched over, that's when... So really you have to go to lots of different places because it trickles God, down. So if, if you that should be linked up. Well, it wasn't when I changed my name. To Good Sean. To Good Sean. <laughs> from evil sean <laughs> your birth name yeah i had an issue with it early doors <laughs> the other kids really told me that it's giving off eggy vibes yeah and the problem is is just that you know i did have a little um jet black goatee <laughs> in preschool <laughs> that's also star trek the, the evil twin having the, the goatee from the mirror universe but that has sunk through in the way that medieval combat has sunk through to primary school scissor allocation the star trek evil twin has a little goatee has sunk backwards in time from the future communist <laughs> utopia and now we all just take it for granted <laughs> I, my other clone worry what if you start doing magic what if you start doing a magic trick that requires a, you know like the prestige Christian Bale's character in The Prestige is able to do the magic tricks because there's, there's two Christian Bale characters. So I might have just ruined The Prestige. Right. Well, I won't watch that now then, I guess. <laughs> You're welcome. It's not actually that good. Thank you. You've saved me from it. Yeah. <laughs> Reframed I'd... yourself as a hero. <laughs> <laughs> Problem solved. <laughs> the thing you can't enjoy was actually bad. Oh, thank yeah. God. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> 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 in a way that itself is a magic trick doable without a clone what just rhetoric it's retconning your own mistakes saying they were good actually life hack yeah i think that's going into that kind of alan moore style magic where you just change yours and other people's reality by doing little lies <laughs> you could also do crime you could do clone crime i can see i can see magic but i don't see how having two of you would help do crime uh, if you are a um, slasher movie villain and, they, and no one knows you've got a clone, you can be at the party An where the slasher, the slasher killer goes in the garage and kills Kev. And everyone's like, Oof, couldn't have been Sean because Sean was at yeah. the party with us. But actually, it was, it was good Sean. That's where I got confused. It's not that your clone necessarily helps you do the crime, but it does help you evade justice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it could help you do the crime if you integrated magic into the crime. Yeah, I guess like just put someone in the box and cut them in half. And it just seems you're a very incompetent magician rather than a slasher killer. It's a fine line between slasher killer and magician. Who would you rather be? Would you rather be the guy who gets to go to all the big soirees and make sure everyone pays attention to you or the guy around the back with a little knife? Because <laughs> that would Can't make choose. the two clones quite different, right? Yeah. <laughs> the two clones would start having very different lives. One's yeah. bec- one would become a socialite <laughs> and one would just be a, a grotty stabber. Yeah, yeah. And then you'd have to fight. And then you would have to fight. And I would actually put my money on the stabber in that scenario. Mainly because they've got a knife. And the other one's only got experience of holding a martini, telling a very droll tale while laughing ostentatiously. (laughs) (laughs) And given the horror of what we're describing here, of something coming out of you being similar to you, Uh slowly going away from you, how existentially draining it is, Mm -hmm. isn't it crazy the idea of having a child? I mean, yeah, but you're not. Doesn't making it come a clone with yourself. all of? You're not. Ma- you're making a half clone of yourself. <laughs> it's not even a half clone. It's a half. A child. A child is a half clone. No. What are you talking about? A child is no. two two sections of DNA mingled together. That's a half clone. The clone is a clone because it also, and I should have perhaps clarified this earlier, copy pastes your consciousness. Yeah, yeah. If if it looks like you, but it's got the brain of like a milkman you've never met, then that's obviously yeah, all bets yeah, are yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what where a baby can come a little bit close to that mm. is a baby is kind of an empty vessel, and then you just put bits of yourself into the baby's head through <laughs> teaching and learning. <laughs> yeah, like a baby has no preconceived notion about anything. You fill it in. Mm. So that's a consciousness mm. cloning, but it's very manual. It's mm. arduous. And you fill it in in various, you fill it in consciously, you fill it in subconsciously. Uh, you, 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 uh, the traumas you place upon it accidentally. The traumas you, you place on it accidentally are probably the truest representations of yourself. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the so biggest cloning yeah, imprint up, you stamping. Can really fuck up a, you can really fuck up a child. Um, you, you can't not. I don't know you how can't you can not, not yeah, do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've not becoming with the best one in the up, world. Becoming fucked up is the process of uh, becoming an adult. Given the society we live in, if Mm. your child isn't receiving some kind of mild psychological abuse, (laughs) how's it going to deal with when it lives independently in our society? I've been thinking a lot about, because you know, the pandemic, it has. It's (laughs) it's a strong, confident answer. (laughs) I know about that <laughs> yeah you're right <laughs> a terrible rhetorical question i've been really interested in um pandemic babies mm. and there haven't been that many anecdotally i thought being at home and just being mm. bored mm. has sent birth rates up mm. but actually not at all it looks like mm. it looks like the birth rate could hit the lowest ever mm. in recorded history for the UK. Yes, let's end the UK very slowly. <laughs> so the data isn't out on like how how much it's affected it, mm. but a stable population requires about 2.1 births per like family, yeah, yeah, couple, yeah, yeah. whatever. You know, yeah. just two to replace the two people and then a little bit spare. Yeah, a little wriggle room. A little bit wiggle room for, yeah. for getting hit by a car and so on. Yeah. And we were about 1.6 before the pandemic, and the pandemic's mm. just sent it plummeting. Mm. So we're going to head into, like, shrunken youth demographic. 
mm. in such a big way. I wonder if class sizes will go down or they'll sack, just sack all the teachers. <laughs> Why not both? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think loads of things will go down. Well, ev everything, everything. I mean, it's economic, isn't it? So the reason people have fewer kids, the main reason is because you have to work so much more to get into the same level of economic stability that would make you confident if you're choosing to have a child to have a child and that's harder to attain well also i think the pandemic has made the economic things much worse but it's been less mm. of like i can't have a child i mm. think i think this is very anecdotal yeah. of just uh do i want to raise a child in this right now yeah, yeah like yeah. in the plague where the child oh, yeah. would struggle to socialize because i don't want my child getting the plague <laughs> yeah um because we don't know what the long tail of this thing's going to be, and you don't want a child to get. Well, and also climate change, uh, ecological disasters, the other one that I think people are very conscious of. If there aren't that many kids, there's a multiplying effect, right? Cause if mm. there aren't that many kids, your child has the has to face a larger brunt of the burden of whatever's <laughs> going to be placed on the younger demographic. Mm. So once the population drops, it kind of keeps dropping. Mm. And then if that becomes socially normal not to have two children, which I mm. think is happening, then people look at their peers, right? Childbirth mm. is often informed by peers. When someone has a child, people in that like social group be like, oh, Maybe I want a child, you know, mm -hmm. but we'll just just one, and that will bring the population <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. slowly, slowly down. But also, I think it's a our relationship to work has massively yeah. changed. So even if, if you're massively precarious, mm. it's where do you find the time, or where do you find mm. the, the funds if you're planning ahead? But even if you're doing incredibly well, work is really structured around careers now and heavily mm. fetishized. And of course, everyone's in work. The child should that be in work. It, let's let's be frank. If the child's the in the child, house, they should be paying rent. The child needs to be in a loom where it belongs. The easiest way to become a landlord is to have a child. The easiest way to be a landlord is to be a child. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the other big one is that we um, we had a big safe sex, accessible contraception inform everyone of a generation about contraception. Mm. And mm. everyone's like, oh, great, let's." <laughs> that's worked incredibly well. And now the population's going to stop. <laughs> <laughs> so you mean I can fuck without having to raise a child? That sounds amazing. Do you know another thing that I think's contributing to people's weird relationships with the idea of starting a family? Mm. It's going to sound like hyper, ultra-traditionalist, conservative, what I'm about to say, but like <laughs> the nature of what a family right. is you is need really a maid. Right? You need a nanny in their mansion. And you need the to only send the child it. to a boarding school and then you, you bring in an au pair that you have an affair with and it all breaks down <laughs> and your children never speak to you again. That is the family structure. I don't like it. I don't think it's good, but it's stable. It's, it's stable and it works. Mm. Well, the family structures just don't seem to cohere as much. And one thing that I'm mm. intensely fascinated with is adult estrangement. My first slide into the estranged parenthood rabbit hole was via the blog post The Missing Missing Reasons, written by the blogger Isendai. It microscopes in on a behaviour prevalent in posters on forums for estranged parents, wherein parents will claim not to know of any earthly reason why their child won't speak to them, while also providing lots of clues that they do actually, deep down, know the reason. My sons consistently refuse to reply to my emails and let my calls go to voicemail or barely speak if they do answer. They accuse me of being a terrible person but won't elaborate about exactly what I've done. Sometimes they do, but it doesn't make sense, at least to me. For example, it's hard to be part of the birth of my grandchild if I didn't know that I was going to have one. 
All of this started because of a personal email they felt entitled to read on my computer. Doesn't this account feel kind of strange to you? She says her son will not elaborate on what she's done, except then she admits that they have done, but that she didn't understand it. She says she doesn't know why this is happening, but she knows it's something to do with an email that her son read, and yet we get no details on that email or what it contains. Clearly, he found out something important about something he was saying or doing, and you know that it's connected to the estrangement, while also claiming you have no idea. You've got no idea what's going on. Doesn't it feel overall that something huge is being intentionally redacted here? I was abandoned by my daughter six years ago this June. I received a text message that said, The keys are under the mat. I have moved out. Don't come looking for me. I never want to see you again. You have ruined my life. I got home and found my husband standing in her empty room. She had a prepared speech that she emailed to me. She didn't even say mum or dad anywhere in it. It was just my first name or my husband's first name. She stopped communicating with me about one year after. But each time I asked why, I got the prepared speech or some slung-together four-letter words that I didn't appreciate. All my husband said was, She's 18. I was expecting this. I wasn't. In this account, the mother receives a whole prepared speech from her daughter about why she left. But the contents of it are absent from the retelling. It was clearly obvious enough that her father was not surprised by her leaving. So why was her mother? And again, all the reasons here are conspicuously missing, even though the writer is letting us know that at some point they have been communicated to her. Sometimes when I've tried, all I've had back is pages and pages of abuse. It kills me and my husband when we have to read what a despicable person I am, how I'm evil and twisted and negative and a thousand other things too. I sent an email to the middle son asking what we had ever done. After all these years, no one has ever spelt it out to us. The reply last night was unbelievable. The things he said were cruel, vindictive and completely untrue. He remembers things in a totally distorted way and he believes 100% that this stuff is true. This mother claims her son never explained to her what she did wrong. In between two mentions of times her son has contacted her with accusations. Could these accusations not hold the clue to what happened? She says the accusations are false, but that is not the same as not being provided an explanation. You may not have liked the explanation, but one was given. And of course, once again, the reasons themselves are completely absent from the retelling. I am a father who experienced estrangement from one of my adult children firsthand. Welcome to Beyond the Pain, a place where parents of estranged adult children can find peace and healing. Most of us have no idea why. I mean, you know, we may have fought with them or whatever at some point, some of us. We may have fought with them, but we really have no idea why it happened. So a couple of other questions. Do you think, do you think your child just wanted to hurt you? Some of the stories I've heard, that's really what it sounds like. They just are mean and wanted to be ugly. To their parents. I mean, reading between the lines on all these accounts, I'm inclined to side with the children. Clearly, they have said something to their parents about something their parent has done bad enough for them to estrange themselves. But the parents not only are not engaging with it, but they are telling others they haven't got a clue why this is happening. And that kind of behavior is really weird if you stop to think about it. But we don't because it's actually completely mundane. 
we have all met and had to deal with terrible, difficult people. That is society. It loves to spit out heinous weirdos like a Gatling gun. It's just difficult and galling to remember any of those people that we've met could become parents. And it's not galling because they don't necessarily deserve parenthood, but that children don't deserve to be raised in what has the potential to become an abusive environment. Ascendai compares and contrasts these results against typical behaviours of estranged adult children. In these spaces, members post entire email exchanges, screenshots. Members even critique other members for unhelpful paraphrasing or omitting key details. In this environment, precision, context and history are expected and required. In estranged parent spaces, feelings rule supreme and details often are considered piffling. I'm hesitant to say that estrangement is booming because I simply don't know. The data is scant. But there is a boom in all the stuff that surrounds and relates to estrangement. Communities, organisations, journalism, media. The first UK charity dedicated to adult estrangement was founded this year. And their key stat is that one in five adults will intentionally cease contact with a close family member in their lifetime. That's big. That is a big number. A huge stat. But why? Why is this going on? I mean, familial estrangement is not a new phenomenon, but there are elements of it that are unique to the present. The historian Stephen Mintz has noted that while families have always had rifts and grievances, across the 20th century, it tended to be about material things. Who's going to inherit the farm? To whoost will Aunt Helga bestow her batwing fascinator? Mom said, it's my turn to have a go on the Xbox. But now, he says, these differences are more psychological, ideological, political. I won't talk to my dad who's always angry about something he heard on Fox News. My mom is being weird about my trans friends. My family keep talking about George Soros at gatherings and it feels like we inhabit different realities. These are intractable, insurmountable brain differences. But there's something about this account I don't like that doesn't sit well for me. Part of the reason for my fascination is that this feels capable of shedding light on my own history of estrangement from my stepfather. In my late teens, our relationship ended when his surly alcoholism spilled over into domestic violence. Since then, I've learned from third parties he will claim to have no idea why I haven't spoken to him since in a manner that echoes the missing, missing reasons. Is he really bothering to concoct such a flimsy lie around people who have already heard the detailed account about what's happened? Or do these accounts suggest something pathological, some ego-defending emotional amnesia that is a, a non-optional part of their psychology? And something crucial about having lived it that puts me at odds with Mintz's account of 21st century estrangement is that, yes, while I was politically opposed to my stepfather, he was a horrible bigot, not a Nazi, but just a kind of lazy and inconsistent hatred of random groups you get from reading the tabloids. That was nevertheless not the fundamental reason why I couldn't make my peace with him. In the same way you just make peace with all kinds of misogynists and racists and whatever else is just placed in your environment when you are just a child. No, the fundamental ridge was that he was a bully. He was simply unkind and that made him abusive. Now, I may think that that personality type and that kind of politics is inextricably linked and could never really be untangled. But if you don't accept that, you're probably still going to believe that being unkind and being abusive is not some kind of two sides political issue. That being abusive is not some 21st century phenomenon. So how can we explain this? If you were to delve into the estranged parent community, 
You'll hear a lot of conservative talking points, especially around the idea of millennials being uniquely entitled, that it is therefore the children's fault. In this week's episode, we're going to discuss participation trophies and how that plays into our estrangement of our adult children. And maybe it doesn't require a brain box to work out why a society founded on greed is good and there's no such thing as society is going to pump out attractive people unable to do the empathetic groundwork to have a healthy family. Dealing with other people healthily and dealing with adult emotions is a learned skill, one that we don't teach. But we do value making and creating a family as an unalloyed, unconditional good thing to do. But what troubles me deeply is the children they create who are trapped with them for 18 years. Because maybe, hey, just maybe, listen to this. Maybe those children could have benefited from a little bit of society as a treat. In the Berlin DDR Museum, there is a whole section dedicated to how communal child-rearing facilities in East Germany were insidious communist propaganda, ingraining communal living as a virtue into impressionable children. How lucky we are now to have atomized the concept of family into a single household. How lucky we are that children are now at the mercy of just two people. Why do adults have to rear children as individuals anyway? Couldn't this be done as part of a larger community effort? Using after-school clubs and creches and arts projects and just stuff on? Just a little thing where your child can have a little bit of lasagna. Or look at a caterpillar. Things that ensure this child has a connection to the world outside the interior of their house and the predicted scores in SATs. Something that can ensure that someone outside of this child's life and immediate family has the necessary context to go, Oh fuck when they hear about what's happening at home. We're going to see social awareness of this mm. because it's it's becoming really prevalent. And now if we're in a world where we're long past the mm. traditionalism of you raise a child and it will look after you in old age. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But now we're on to you raise a child and by the time it's 35 to 40, it won't talk to you anymore. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. why... If that's a possibility, or even like likely, uh-huh. <laughs> why would you? Why, why? Why would you have a child? And it's interesting that, in a way, I was thinking about like, imagine there was like a, a birth rate strike where people just refused to have children as a form of direct action. Yeah, with an intent and organisation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think it would work because I just don't think direct action can work on that time frame. Because mm. I think what's happening here is more pressing than a strike because no mm. one can call it off. Mm. It is people responding to economic conditions by not having children and people responding Mm. by social conditions, quality Mm. of life conditions, by not having children. And it's going to destroy society, right? It's going to destroy society. I don't, we don't know what the long-term effects of this, but Mm. you know, it's going to be bad and it's going to be bad for the current people that are in power when they are old. Mm. Because how do they all get cared for in a society that's gutted the fabric of social welfare? Yeah, social safety net's gone. And then by the time the millennials are like, whatever the fuck retirement age will we mm-hmm. retire at, which will be like 85. Most working class people will probably be dead before they hit that anyway. But if they do retire, what fucking circumstances is that happening into? Like, what's mm-hmm. the working population? It's the shit hitting the fan in terms of what happens when you like depress a generation of working people that mm. they stop propagating themselves <laughs> <laughs> and yet there's no like 
no one calling to call it off or there's no one using that as a framing for why to improve people's working conditions, which is actually, I think, is a really interesting framing. The species will stop. <laughs> well, the dark side of this, of course, is great replacement white genocide people who are like, this is a genocide of the white race. Do you know, I've seen people that have bought into great replacement theory, like like hyper online alt-right people. Yeah. I've seen people who are like, and it shouldn't be me, right? I'm an idiot. I'm working class. Like, yeah, I don't yeah. know anything. It shouldn't be me. But yeah. then they will urge like people they admire uh-huh. to f- fuck more, <laughs> you know? <laughs> They'll be like, they you went Jordan to university, you didn't have loads of kids. Jordan yeah, Peterson yeah, yeah. Clones. The hierarchy of like race and genes and whatever yeah, is yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. so crystallized to them and they're incels. So like, it can't be me because mm-hmm. my mm-hmm. J- chin doesn't look right. So I need to do as much <laughs> as I can to try and get people I think are yeah, better than yeah, me yeah, yeah. to fuck more without protection. Um, to stave off the people like like I'm not going to have a child in this scenario. So all I'm doing is just inducing horniness in my team. Fucking hell! <laughs> it's such a bizarre like ideology to be bought into. I think we joke about like it's good people not having kids because kids are going to grow up in a horrible world. But like you can't really do any kind of encouragement of anyone not to have children because there's just no way of there's just no way of that ever being like equal or fairly distributed it always mm. will collapse into some kind of soft eugenics and there's too many people mm. baying for some kind of malthusian let's roll back certain people having children it's going to end up in the most despicable kinds of slow genocide i'm against people having fewer children as long as everyone does it and i say <laughs> i think a good 10 years of no no children would create just an interesting society. As long as at the end of it, everyone goes absolutely bonkers. Everyone goes absolutely bonkers for kids. Bonkers for bonking. That could be the sash. <laughs> what do you think would estrange you from your clone? What type of behaviour? Well, firstly, I think I'd get on with my clone. I just think Oh, yeah, you said, yeah you said that. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think... I think for the very reasons we talked about, the strata of estrangement, the philosophical implications, I would not do the cloning process for any price. I think it would. In, I think it would fuck my head too much. I'm in a weird position, which is I wouldn't clone myself for the same reasons. But if I did, but if you did, I'd, have, like a, I'd have a wonderful time. I'd have a wonderful time. Yeah. And w- yeah. I would never do it. But if I did, it would be amazing. <laughs> but you did it would be amazing. And is there anything? But this is how people feel when they're having kids. They think it's they're going to be. They're like, oh, it'll be challenging, but it'll be amazing. And then mm. what? You know, the estrangement could come for you. I mean, the, how quickly the estrangement comes is going to yeah. be. You could do a formula based on the child's age. Oh, but it's, it's going to be fast tracked from a clone. It's going to be fast tracked because they're already. There's not like a growing up thing. They're already there. Bam! The clock is ticking towards the estrangement event. Well, wouldn't we both be? Estra- I'm imagining it would yeah, both exactly. Like it's two- mutual. You are each other's parent and child as as the clone. Well, I just don't think we'd do anything abusive. I think it would have to come from us just realizing that we're taking up too much of each other's space mm. because it'd be very hard to. Um, you know, if you live with a with a partner or a friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 easier because you are different, and so mm. you don't want to do the same things at the same time, and so mm. you can just use the space better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But you, this person would always want. This person would try to be using the toilet when you're trying to use the toilet. This person wants to like just does everything when you want it. So that just in a confined space, that's just going to be hell. Sounds like a fucking nightmare. You, and you, mm. you're still confident to get on. I think it would be funny. <laughs> that is a different thing. <laughs> Not to me. <laughs> 
Mandatory Redistribution Party was created and produced by Sean Morley and Jack Lewis Evans. Our title theme was created by Ella Jean with additional music, Capel Bond's Trumpet Concerto in D Major. Our estranged parents were voiced by Natalie, Josie Hypatia Grounds and Becca Thomas. We actually have multiple Sean Morleys to support now due to the cloning incident, so your support on social media and Patreon has become even more valuable. Honestly, thank you to those of you who help us out any way you can. We really do appreciate it. Hope you are all doing okay and see you next time. Farewell.